Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the August edition of my One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program series that I'm running throughout 2017. This month will be One Month to More Effective Continuous Improvement. My sponsor this month is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 500 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, I would urge you to visit, visit Affiliated Monitors at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. As I indicated, this month we're going to look at one month to more effective continuous improvement. We're going to consider auditing and monitoring the different types of audit auditing that you can do from third-party auditing, supply chain, data risk auditing, auditing, culture auditing, for auditing against fraud. We're going to talk about control testing. We're going to look at continuous improvement through the use of big data. We're going to look at measuring effectiveness, risk-based monitoring, email sweeps as monitoring, and listening as continuous monitoring. I think you're going to find it a fascinating month. And I'm sure at the end of the month, you will have picked up multiple lessons on what you can do to improve your compliance program around continuous improvement. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode, and I hope you'll join me for the entire month. This 2017 One Month to a Better Compliance Program podcast series is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 7, Supply Chain Audits. In my last corporate position, the company I worked for was at the cutting edge of compliance because we required compliance-related audits for vendors in the supply chain. This was 2007 and 2008, and it truly was cutting edge. However, now an audit for adherence to compliance requirements has become a standard best practice for the management of business relationships with third-party vendors, which work with your company and come into relationship with your company through the supply chain. In several resolutions of enforcement actions through both deferred prosecution agreements and non-prosecution agreements, in the 2012 FCPA guidance issued by the Department of Justice and SEC, it made clear that a best practice FCPA compliance program includes the right to audit the books and records of suppliers, to ensure adequate compliance. Many companies have yet to begin their audit process for FCPA compliance on vendors in the supply chain. I find this to be a missed opportunity from both the compliance perspective and greater business efficiency. Initially, it should be noted that a company must obtain the right to audit for compliance in its contract with third-party vendors in the supply chain. However, Every contract I have seen has the right to audit. So this is not something new. It's just something that you need to enforce. Some of the language I uh, have suggested is in today's write-up, and I'm not going to repeat it verbatim, but some of the things that you want to have the right to audit for include 
the effectiveness of existing compliance programs and codes of conduct, the origin and legitimacy of any funds paid to the company, books, records, and accounts, and those for subsidiaries, joint ventures, or affiliated companies which perform work for or provide services to your company, all distributions made on or behalf of your company, and finally, and of course, all funds received from your company in connection with the work performed or services or equipment provided. So I talked about the right to audit. What about the structure of the audit? And here, you need to focus on um, what are not only your risk, but what are the services that the third party is bringing to you. So I advocate using an ISO 19001 as the basic set of parameters for an audit. This defines an audit as a systemic, independent, and documented process for obtaining audit evidence and evaluating it objectively to determine the extent which the audit criteria are fulfilled. There are three factors which I believe contribute to a successful audit. Number one, an effective audit program specifies the necessary activities for the audit. Two, having competent auditors in place. And three, that the organization is committed to the audit. More simply, it could be described as one, capture the data, two, analyze the data, and three, report on the data. Please note there is not one specific list of transactions or items which should be audited. But some of the best practices, uh, I would suggest, include some or all of the following. Number one, review of contracts with supply chain vendors to confirm the appropriate compliance terms and conditions are in place. Two, determine that actual due diligence has taken place on the third-party vendor. Three, review compliance training programs, both the substance of the program and attendance records. Four, does the third-party vendor have a hotline or other reporting mechanism for allegations of compliance violations? If so, how are such reports maintained? Review any reports of compliance violations or issues that arose through the anonymous hotline or other reporting mechanism. Five, does the third-party vendor have any written employee disciplinary procedures? If so, have any employees been disciplined for compliance violations? If yes, review all relevant files relating to such violations and determine the process used and the outcomes reached. Six, review expense reports for employees in high-risk positions or high-risk countries. Seven, test for gifts, travel, and entertainment which were provided to or for foreign government officials. Eight, review the overall structure of the third-party vendor's compliance program. If the company has designated a compliance officer with whom or how and how does that compliance officer report? Is the third-party vendor's compliance program to designated to identify risks? And if so, what are the results identified? Nine, review a sample of employee commissions payments and determine if they follow the internal policy and the procedure of the third-party vendor. And finally, 10, with regard to any petty cash activity in foreign locations, review a sample of activity and apply analytic procedures and testing. Analyze general ledger for high-risk transactions and cash advances and apply analytical procedures. In conclusion, please note this is not an exhaustive list. For instance, there could be an audit focus on internal controls or segregation of duties of the third-party vendor. Any organization which audits a business partner in its supply chain should consult with legal, audit, finance, and supply chain professionals 
Two, determine the full scope, determine the full scope of the audit, and a thorough, complete work plan should be created based upon these professional inputs. At the conclusion of the audit, an audit report should be issued. The audit report should detail incidents of noncompliance with the compliance program and recommendations. Any reported incidents of noncompliance should reference the basis of any incidents and noncompliance, such as contractual clauses, legal requirement, or company policies. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, is both your procurement division and the supply chain vendor committed to the audit process? They have to be committed to the audit process for it to work. Two, capture the data, analyze the data, report on the data. It's really the three things that uh, you really should do. And four, excuse me, three, there's three key takeaways, so this would not be number four, but indeed number three. Supply chain audits are no longer cutting edge, but now they're simply best practices. And they're best compliance practices, but if you think about it, they're really best business practices. Because if you're paying money to somebody, you certainly want to make sure you've gotten the value for the money you've paid. And this is just a basic business requirement. So the supply chain audit for compliance is not really anything new or different. It should be a part of your regular audit rotation. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day seven of one month to more, excuse me, more effective continuous improvement. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day eight. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of one month to more effective continuous improvement in your compliance program. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, Please rate this podcast. It was a help in our rankings and also get the word out about the only daily podcast to help you improve your compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and you've been listening to one month of more effective continuous improvement from the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.